AustralianMusiciansRadio.com Australian Musicians Radio advises the following program may contain coarse language, adult themes, unsolicited product placement, quality banter, unscripted bullshit, dad jokes, cringeworthy puns, lewd anecdotes, general fuckery, and lots and lots of local, independent, original music. Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Vass. And welcome to Bar Talk. If pain was a thing to touch, I would give you all of mine. No reason why I should lie. If every hurtful word broke my heart, I'd be unfixable, just like we are right now. I wanna run, but I keep coming back for more. Like a drug that should be illegal. This is a love-hate relationship You blame me for all your shit Words have ways to spread Talking behind my back Trying to make up for all that Some days of friends but nights we regress Never gonna let me see through my eyes Never gonna let me see through my eyes Never gonna let me see through my eyes Never see through my eyes Never see through my eyes Lies are ways to escape from the trouble that you make Chaos is your only friend Family is by blood but friends are by choice Now you're the hellraiser I wanna run but I keep ending up by your door Does love have its place anymore? This is a love-hate relationship This is Sage and you're listening to AMR. In the
Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah, ladies and gentle folkies. So delicious. I couldn't do anything but belch out the beautiful songs that, that you just heard. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of your Bar Talk podcast, episode number 50, the big one. Oh, boy. Ooh, the big 5-0. It is. You, you've got me on the big five O. Hello, Vass, too. Um, again, it's been a while. Mr. M. Pern, it has indeed. It, it's been far too long. And, uh, of course, no no coincidence that it's lockdown number four at the moment. Uh, of course, this yeah, is the only turns, week you had time to come and join me. Lockdown turns four. <laughs> lockdown A- turns A- four. A- Bar Talk turns 50. That's it. AMR podcast turns, uh, Bar Talk podcast turns 50. And we've managed to coincide them somehow. I, yeah, I know. It's just like the, the planet, the, the, the corona planets are aligning, clearly. <laughs> it's, um, what's it called? The, the acting premier, as, um, as all his subordinates so often like to call him, could feel it in his waters. <laughs> he was like, we've got to have another lockdown now. Vass, so I- Vass can get back on bar talk. <laughs> Missing a bit. Gareth's clearly had a word to him, James Molino, because his office is across the road from Suki Lounge. Literally. There in Belgrade. Is it really? It really no is. Yeah, no, every time we get like I was there when I was there literally on Thursday night, he's like, Oh, acting premiers across the road. Better go and take a picture. So like, oh, come on, Gareth. He's like, he'll probably be watching you. He's watching everyone like a hawk right now, making sure they're not breaking lockdown procedure. <laughs> he's, he's he's probably tuning into the show, mate. I hope so. I hope so. And he, he, he probably wants to know what we just played too. <laughs> he does. We played uh, Jonty with uh, Love-Hate Relationship and Nagiri with Closer. How good are those tracks to start off? Beautiful. Fantastic. Beautiful stuff. Absolutely phenomenal, and I'm so pleased to have you back. I feel like you're comforting me like an old friend, I feel like, Vass. It's been far too long. Like, I thought you were going to say like an old sock or like an old blanket or something like that, none of which evoke, well, um, I don't know, pleasant thoughts. Well, I mean, if you want to take it down that way, yeah, the, the crusty old sock I keep under the bed for nefarious purposes. Um, That's what I feel more like. <laughs> With all that, did I tell you I've been eating? I've been eating, eating, <laughs> eating crusty old socks. Have we? Okay, I've, un- unfortunately not. No, I've been, I've been eating. I've been eating something less nutritional, mm. which is which is um, migarang, <laughs> the the packet two minute migarang <laughs> for like. I've been having them for breakfast every day, and ah. it's just oh, mate, my guts have never hated me more. <laughs> well, that's not true. They have, but wow, you've really let yourself go. You you. I tell you what, for a man of good taste, it's just a betrayal. Yeah, it's because I spend all the money on the good grog, mate. <laughs> and he has, <laughs> got a, he has a full-time job now, folks. He, like this is new biz- This is new news since he last came on. He's got an income now, and he, he, he's only going for the for the cheap shit. <laughs> it's because all the money goes to clothes and and booze. <laughs> so literally, I, I'm disgusted in myself saying it out loud, but that's where it all goes. <laughs> I'm just being honest with the listeners, mate. Uh, the honesty is what keeps is what keeps this whole podcast interesting. So I can't really complain, Vass. Yeah, filterless honesty. That's what we need in a time with lockdowns and coronavirus and hearsay and conjecture. You just need an honest podcast where people tell you about parts <laughs> of their lives that you've just never ever wanted to hear about. Well, yes. <laughs> like what they eat for breakfast. <laughs> 
<laughs> me goring, more like me get the fuck out of my breakfast, <laughs> of course. Uh, I thought you were going to go for me boring. Me boring. <laughs> Okay, you win on that one. Okay, I'll, I'll, I, I renege. That's a better call. I, wait, I eat the noodles that often that all I've got time for is to think up puns. <laughs> um, uh, this uh, songs, songs, Vass. We played some songs. Indeed. Uh, love yeah, hate relationship. What did you think, Jonty? Now, Jonty, he is a sixteen-year-old Mackay-based artist. So very. Getting on them, getting on them early, getting on them young, you know, scooping up the talent, as, you know, nice and early. So when they're, you know, mature and uh, and doing well and leaving us in the dust, they still have a bit of time to say thank you. But uh, <laughs> I digress. Uh, Jonty uh, has put has put out a couple of singles over the last year, but this is his newest one and his first release of the year. No, sorry, second release. He's uh, had a song earlier this year. This is his second second release for the year. He's- He's doing well. And it's a cool, boppy little track. It was like good good rollicking beat, fun fun times. Makes me forget like w- what kind of shit show we've got running on down these parts. But I guess that's that's the whole bit. That's what I suppose a Queenslander is supposed to do. They're supposed to make you feel better and forget a, what kind about, of bullshit you're yourself. in. Yeah. <laughs> forget why, what kind of bullshit you're in and forget how, you know, probably how much bullshit they've got going up there. Yeah, I've always seen Queenslanders kind of that way. It's like they, they're laughing at everyone else because they think they're great, but they're unaware, blissfully unaware, and this is what we all love so much about it, that actually the rest of Australia is laughing at them. You reckon? <laughs> Too close to the equator, mate. I don't trust anyone whose state drink is a 4X bronze. <laughs> it just ain't right. 4X bronze is the light beer, isn't it? Yeah, I think Forex Gold is supposed to be their full strength, which, um, yeah. <laughs> and and they're, they're exporting the palatable shit, which um, so I hear. I don't drink it, but Great Northern is what I'm referring to. Yeah, I mean, that's not bad. But the funny thing is you find it in the places of the world that aren't willing to sell better stuff. Like, I mean, Tassie, Tassie exports beers too. I'm not going to spend too much time shitting on Queensland lest we lose- Lose people. <laughs> listen, but, um, listen, son. The uh, the the fucking Cascade Ginger Beer is a real winner. Don't you don't you diss the Cascade Ginger Beer? <laughs> no, not at all. It's just I'm, I'm thinking about like look look at Tassie, right? Tassie exports beer. Tassie has beer, but they've got stuff like Bogues. You know, at least that's refreshing, and you can. Ah, oh, it's just beautiful and crisp. Forex Gold made lager. Yeah, as far as I know. Your bugs, you know, doesn't come in a can at least. Jonty, um, I think this one was produced by Gold Coast producer Josh Beatty, who I've seen that name floating around. I can't quite remember where I've seen it before, but he's doing shit, I know. Um, love-hate relationship, out now. Make sure you go and uh, check him out, especially for his upcoming releases. Uh, apparently, he's got an upcoming EP as well, so keep an eye out for that, as well as a music video due well, soon. If it's as good as love hate relationship, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. Now, Nagari, or you, did you pronounce it Nagari? I pronounced it Nagiri, but Nagiri. I've, uh, I may be uh, incorrect I'm, there. I'm I'm the one syllable man. I was going to say it was Nagare, but sure, we'll we'll 
we'll, we'll let this one slide. We'll, we'll, there's always uh, one artist that we're going to fuck up the pronunciation of. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, correct us. Come get yeah. in the comments and uh, and all that kind of stuff. Email us at uh, at me. Where at me? Actually, at me. At me. Yeah, and tell us how to pronounce your names properly because we're gonna we're gonna butcher it. It's just the way we are. I'm sorry. Nigeri or Nigeri is um, a Papua New Guinean artist now based in Sydney. So it's been a while since we've uh, featured an artist from the PNG area. And uh, this is song, which we played, which is called Closer, is going to be off her upcoming album, which is called Three. Now, it's just the numeral. And that's going to be out on Friday, August 27, via dot dash and remote control records. Um but this was such a this was one of your standouts I remember and I really liked it too it was such a soulful track yeah yeah I feel like I remember the last ones that she's put through and um, in fact didn't one of hers make it to our um, countdown on news not last year I don't think but probably previously perhaps yeah mm. Nagari every time she puts something through it's always a cracker it's Nagari- always great oh yeah Nagari has um, I've been releasing stuff for a few years now. You know, uh, so it, it's good to see that she's got a new album coming out. So I'm definitely looking forward to it, and I'll be keeping a mm. close eye. Um, she was uh, she was supposed to do a, a show on Friday, so I'm guessing that's that was rescheduled. She was supposed to be playing at the corner on Friday, so I, I'm you have to check out her socials to see when she's playing next. But she's got some um, upcoming shows in Brisbane, Brizzy, and Sydney. So check out her socials if you haven't already, and uh, buy a ticket. If you're in the area and not in lockdown, make the most of your freedom. Fuck you, South Australia. I say that as I'm drinking a, a Cooper's. So, Corona wasn't the only thing they exported this week. <laughs> Mate, I do love a good Cooper's. Tell you what. Cooper's Stout. Cooper's Stout goes down absolutely brilliantly, I think. Oh, have you got the yellow one, the extra stout? Extra stout, yes. The old yeah, that's a 6.3%. Mate, that's the first stout that I ever drank. Had it at the Burmy Hotel. When uh, when Kevin Murphy used to run the open mic there, and my mind was blown big time. I'd never I'd never had a beer. I, I was just on a, a journey of self discovery. Oh yes, I um I'd been yes. drinking the same well, kind of beer, just Cooper's Green all the time, and and I <laughs> got to the point where I was like, look, I'm just going to try everything on tap. If I haven't had it and it's on a tap, I'm grabbing a pint of it. I just want to give it a shot. And I got this thing, and it came out looking like Vegemite, you know, beer. And I was like, how, how good could this possibly be? First swig, never have I ever thought that beer could taste like chocolate. Two of my favorite <laughs> things at once. And it worked. Bit of coffee in there. Ah, beautiful. Loved it. And he's never looked back. Self-discovery man right here. Yeah, he was a young, he was a young naive little boy back in the day, weren't you? Yeah, I was, I was quite, the, um, quite the idiot <laughs> <laughs> for, quite a, for quite a few years. So to speak. No, probably um, still am. Just I'll a, realize it in a few years. It's a great beer, and we do have uh, a separate alcohol review coming up soon. So I've got a little special treat for you that you're not allowed to taste because you're not in the same house as me right now. So um, you can go and cry your eyes out later, Vass. See, there's there's a good reason we're not in the same house as each other. <laughs> you reckon we just get on top of each other all the time? Yeah, I'd be doing shots out of your navel, probably something to that. Effect and Selena would just be sitting there going, "Have a look at these absolute morons." Uh, I I knew a guy from when when I went to uni that had a in a caved in chest. It was just the way that his rib cage grew. 
uh, just he was perfectly healthy, nothing wrong. His organs were, you know, squished around, around it, probably in the wrong position. But, you know, he was living somewhat. <laughs> anyway, Did the that job. actually makes it sound really bad. No, he was perfectly healthy. It's just that his rib cage was pushed way more in than it normally would. And the trick that he used to do is he'd, he'd get, you'd get some um, spirits and you'd do shots out of his chest in the <laughs> cavity. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Who's this man? I need. He was a good. He was a good bloke. Good bloke to hang around with. And then he'd rip off his shirt at parties and be like, "Oh, hello. Uh, is it shots time? Is it? <laughs> it was the human shot glass. I love it. He was. Yeah, yeah. But I, it was a very awkward way to to sip. I never actually had the pleasure of doing it. He never offered me, so I guess I was never in his good books. But um, yeah, apparently it was always a bit awkward. So there'd be a lot of licking involved. So maybe that's why he never let me have a go. I don't think he was ever that adventurous, so to speak. Yeah, his loss. <laughs> I guess we'll leave it at that. Um, we've got this week, Vass, I'm really excited. Uh, an, uh, an artist that I've been, I was kicking myself to interview for I don't know how long, Stevie Jean, who is no stranger to AMR and no stranger to this podcast. We've featured a few of her songs before. I finally had a good chance to sit down with her the other day, have a absolutely banter-filled chat, and we uh, had a good old good old chitty chat about her new record, her debut record called The Dark, and we're going to be playing one of her tracks, her one of her recent singles, Menace, which is an absolute rock and roll and track. But before that, Vass, the Hackets have come out with a new song called I Love to Travel. And what do you reckon? This was such a groovy, fun little track, wasn't it? Uh, banger. Yeah, I loved it. This was one of my picks as well, wasn't it? Yeah, we both like loved it. It just stood out compared to a lot mm. of the other stuff that's coming through lately. And I know it's very much a let's you know a throwback sort of style track. But I mean, sometimes you just got to go for those, don't you? Yeah, I mean, every we're all creatures of habit. We all love um, the stuff that we know and things that evoke memories of yore. Um, generally, do quite well. And this, I found the thing that really stuck out to me was. It um it drew from a bunch of inspirations, but I couldn't really necessarily distinguish one particular one, which means that they've done a really great job of amalgamating what they love into their own style. So, yeah, good on you guys. It was a really, really good track. But, uh, shall we say? Yeah. Chef's kiss. Mwah. No, it was just good good times. Like, just, yeah, you can tell they're having a lot of fun. Um, these guys are going to be playing a show, fingers crossed. On the 16th of June at Hotel Westwood uh, Bistro Tech. It's down on the west side of town. So keep an eye out for that. Free entry starts at 7 p.m. So, you know, no excuse not to go, eh? Free entry. That, you can spend that $20 you would have you would have paid for tickets on beer. Imagine Which you're somewhere a- else across the other side of the world, perhaps. Let your I mean, eyes if your money take was you going, on a journey. If your money was going anywhere that wasn't to musicians, B would be my first choice. Very nice. Sounds like sounds like. Well, I mean, going after your escapades over the years, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will decline to comment, but on the grounds that it may incriminate me. Well, I guess on that 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 um that word, then I'll better let you have a little break while we play the songs and then uh, play the Stevie Jean interview. How does that sound? That sounds like a plan, mate. We've got the Hackett's with I Love to Travel and Stevie Jean with Menace coming up, right? Oh, right here on Bar Talk, episode 50. Mm. Back here soon with, with myself and Vass. Don't you go anywhere.
Hi, this is Phoebe Jean, and you're listening to AMR. Can I have myself up a little bit? Yeah. yeah. I like you a lot, but I can't promise much. If you do your best, I'll probably leave you on red. I'm a menace. Yeah, I'm a menace. I'm a bona fide menace. Yeah, I'm a menace. This damn fatal shit set your world on fire. Make me your everything. What a fucking nightmare of a song. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a monster of a song. That was Our Menace by the absolutely impeccable Stevie Jean off her gorgeous new album, The Dark. Um, certainly a lights off kind of record. Just, uh, you know, just, you know, sit there in the dark and lament your, your bad decisions, I feel. And yeah, uh, nice. yeah. <laughs> speaking of bad decisions, I we got we got Stevie Jean on the line now to talk about the album. So I'd like to welcome her to the show. Hi. <laughs> How you going, Stevie? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. Um, I'm loving the cold Melbourne weather, as I'm sure you are too. Oh, uh, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's it's, it's all cold, right. but I like I like the city. I like the city a lot. You do, but um, the weather can go fuck off, can it? Oh, you know, I'm not completely against it. It's just like really hard to get out of bed, do you- um, <laughs> which is annoying. I'm more annoyed at it than I am it- like mad at it. Sounds like we need to buy you one of those. Um, one of those. Uh, I'm going to drop the name. The one of those Udis. So that Maybe. It's, like, it's like so then you don't have to leave the bed. Like the bed comes with you essentially. 
Yeah, well, I do like all my emailing the second I wake up because it's literally just a reason for me to not get out of bed. So, like, I wake up and I, like, email my management and see what's going on for the day. And then I'm like, oh, God, I have to get out into the cold. But, no, I like I like it. It's better than too much heat. So, it's, like, still got a novelty yeah. to it. I'm just interested for someone who hasn't really been here that long yet. Do you think that the weather of Melbourne does have an impact on how much of a live music city it is? Hmm, I'm not sure, but I know that you wouldn't want to be out in the cold when you could be inside. <laughs> At a gig with 400 yeah. other sweaty people. Yeah, see, that sounds like a really good time to me. <laughs> but Because I, I, I know this is a concept that um, Dave Grohl's explored quite a bit, and he's he's explained it before, like another rainy city, Seattle. He reckons yeah. that's in, that was influenced a lot of those a lot of those famous songwriters that came through with the grunge movement to sit yeah. in their basement while it was raining and and write these depressing songs. So, I well, know. I think I managed to write some very depressing songs in one of the hottest places on earth. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I feel like if you want to write sad sad music, you can do it anywhere. So, I think that settles it. Then weather's got fucking nothing to do with it. It's like, I mean, stop to complaining. Be fair, stop complaining that it's hailing. <laughs> well, Darwin's rainy too. So if we're talking about cold, oh, or if we're talking about rain, mate, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe it is, the, maybe it is a rain thing. Maybe it's a rain thing, but I love the rain. I love the rain. Yeah, you're more of a the rain. So you just you'd rather a good old you'd rather a thunderstormy sort of day than just a sunny day for like getting the creative juices flowing. You reckon? Well, I'm still undecided on Melbourne rain, but NT rain is, like, so warm. Like, you can skate in the rain and you can just, like, run in the rain. It just cools you down. If anything, you're going to get hotter because the sun will heat you up. Mm. And, like, that's actually something you need to watch out for. When I used to play soccer, they'd be like, don't put water on your head. I know you want to, but you're going to get heat stroke because the sun will evaporate it off your head. So yeah. it's a very different climate. <laughs> it's like just yeah, your your head turns into literally a steam bath. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So you got to like really watch it. Because <laughs> so, you mentioned you were mentioning before beforehand that you do like a bit of skating. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we're, you're happy to mention anything, but um, yeah, it's fine. I don't think it's going to affect me getting a new board. <laughs> you had a bit of a run in with a with a Melbourne driver. I did. Today. I got hit by a Hilux. <laughs> And you're still here to talk about it, which I think is, you know, a testament to, like, how tough they make them up there, you know? Oh, I mean, cheers. <laughs> well, the highlights is too, because oh. whenever we see highlights, we're like, yeah, MT. And then I got hit with one, and I was like, I'm so betrayed. You are our car, and you just came through and you hit us. What's going on? Well, I think it's a testament to how well they make them, because uh, when, you, when, the, when the car bumped into you, the car didn't fall apart. No, and uh, well, I would be very concerned if I was stronger than a car <laughs> about the manufacturing. Maybe, maybe like from a, uh, a, a resilience level, but you know, <laughs> on, on a gross tonnage level, you know, maybe the car wins. <laughs> yeah, I think it wins a lot considering I'm five foot two. <laughs> I mean, I didn't come here to compare sizes. I came here. We came here to talk about the record. <laughs> Mad. <laughs> How are you feeling now that it's out? Because it's just been a few days. But you were mentioning to me before that the reception's been awesome. Yeah. The reception's been really authentic. Like, it hasn't 
been like a hype machine kind of vibe. It's been like people, when they talk about the record to me, they talk about the record um, rather than any like shock value in it. And I really appreciate that. I appreciate like the the real response it's had. And yeah, it just feels feels good and it feels honest mm. the way that people have been talking about it. And I'm, I'm really just grateful to have this music out. Because that surprises me because there has been such a strong slew of singles. Like the album itself works as a, a cohesive whole, but the, the singles that you have put out, they work really well by themselves and of what they're trying to say. So, oh, I mean, thanks. So, I mean, does that – is it like it must be quite – quite relieving and more you know quite you must be quite chuffed <laughs> that people actually take it as a as a full piece of art i guess i am very chuffed about that it's like a dream come true to make albums because i love albums so much i love albums um and a lot of people have been like kind of steering away from them because of the way that the industry is right now and i'm like mm. i don't really think for me that's not the point um because <laughs> it's just you look around and it's like well, the industry that we're in, it's not a it's not a it's not a surprise and it's not a secret that there's not there's often not a lot of money in it. Mm. So whenever people are like, So what do you think about this? What do you think about this? I'm like, if you wanna be an artist, just do what you want. Um, make what you wanna make and hopefully people will fuck with it. And if they don't, well have a nice day regardless. Because yeah. that's all you can do, really. Well, I mean, is that the sort of attitude Actually, I was going to say, with with that sort of attitude, were you still conscious to a certain extent of what I guess the critical audience is going to think at the end of the day? Like, you know, certain reviewers or you know, certain uh, I don't know, media people or you know, even just the, your audience in general. Now they've had a you know a few years to get used to your music. At what point do you go? I'm interested to hear what they will think, as opposed to I just want to fuck them all. I just want to do what I want. Oh, man, I never think about any of that, to be honest. <laughs> I don't so really can we, we re-quote that? I'm going to repackage that and say Stevie Jean does not care about her audience, period. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love my audience, but what I don't think about is, is the critiques. If you think about critiques, you're just never going to make anything ever again. It's terrifying <laughs> if you start looking at it that way. Thank you. Thank you for elaborating further because I was worried we were going to go down a very very worrying path there for a sec. Oh, my God. Never. No, I love my audience. I can't believe. I can't believe people listen to my music, to be honest. But, like, the way that I, the way that I come at it is, like, oh, my God, I get to make music with – some incredible people. So it would be a disservice to the people I work with to be worrying about whether or not it's going to be critiqued because like the fact that they want to make art to me with me is like Mm. so much more important to me than whether or not somebody likes it. Um, It's like, I, I, I really, really appreciate when people love my music, but at the same time, I just make music. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't expect people to like everything I make. I really don't. Um uh, it's, it's amazing when they do, but you know, you don't you don't if you stop and think about what everybody wants, you in any industry, if you stop and think about what everybody wants ever, um then you're going to be pretty stunted. Mm. Have you noticed any pattern too with with your audience in terms of the demographic, I guess of people that are that you're noticing are connecting more to the actual themes themselves rather than just being a, 
and no, you know, no props to those people as well. They just really enjoy it for the music. But I'm talking more of those those fans and those that audience that really connect with the themes and go, "This is me. This really expresses what I'm feeling." Have you noticed a particular demographic or a type of person that that is sort of relating that way, or is it really not? There's no pattern. Um, I haven't noticed a pattern. I uh, I've connected with lots of people from all the walks of life. And I think that's really beautiful. I think that's a testament to the people I work with and the the music that we get to put out. But um, no, I've never noticed the pattern. I'm just really happy whenever I meet somebody and they're like, yeah, I like your music. I'm like, oh, God bless. Thank you so much for the support. That's about as far as it goes. Mm, yeah. So it's just um, it's just a case of like people of all ages and all walks of life are, are really enjoying it, you reckon? I think so. I'm really, I'm really blessed to have like a, a diverse uh, audience, and lots. Of, I think people like I, I know a lot of older people like my music as well, which is cool because they kind of like miss the rock, and mm. so they hear the rock and they're like, "Oh, this is sick!" And I'm like, "Thank you so much," because obviously, like their generation taught me how to make rock. Um, and then the, there's the younger people who appreciate, might appreciate the hip hop in in the um, joint, and I'm like, "This is sick as well." And then there's people who just like my guitar and my guitar is really cool. My guitar is a Fender Telecaster and they'll come up to me at the gig. Like old bikey looking dudes will come up and be like, yo, we love your guitar. And I'm like, you are so cool. Oh, my God, I can't believe you like my guitar. <laughs> there is there is a lot of genres, a lot of styles per se that the, the album does cover. Really. Yeah. We do have those, that the raw busted out guitar driven songs like Menace, like we just played. Um, yeah. And there are the softer, softer songs as well, as well as the pop bangers. So I like how there it does traverse these different styles throughout the listen. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I love, I love, um, I love making music. I, I, I love a lot of music. So I just make things that I like, mm. and then we end up there. And again, like the people I get to work with, like I work with people who specialize in hip hop. I work with people who specialize in rock and samples, and it's just like the best. So yeah. I, I'm really just lucky. With um, with that too, because do you think it reflects it more on your own upbringing as well? Because we were talking a bit about it before the interview about, um how things compare between the different ethnicities and backgrounds of your mum's side of the family and your dad's side of the family and also yeah. what, you know, what they did for their own, you know, what they do with their time and their careers and that. Mm. Do you think that is a – do you think that's rubbed off on on the fact that you, you do want to dabble in all these different styles perhaps or is it maybe just unconscious? Um, If it was there, it would probably be unconscious. I think it's just a human thing to want to try a million mm. things. Um, but I was also that kid that like, you know, the, I was kind of like a little bit hard to parent because I was like really out to do all, all of life. And mom was like, calm down. <laughs> oh, no, you were a little shit when you were growing up, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I really was. I was like disappear for three days. And mom's like, Stevie, I know you want to go have fun, but you're 17. yeah i wasn't even doing anything that bad but i was just like just i was like that kid who i got my i got my pee plates and i was gone so and also like she said that whenever she would put me down as a baby i was just like run off into the crowd so yeah i just wanted life all always i always wanted life and it gets me in trouble but i wouldn't have it any other way so with music i think i just i'm like okay i'm gonna do this okay i'm gonna do this i like this i'm gonna do this i really don't overthink things when it comes to creativity yeah yeah no that's that's fair i suppose you don't really have to yeah 
Um, tell us a bit about the recording process too, because I, I see that um, you did end up having to, you know, hide yourself away to get it to get it done. I don't know if that's the right term, but <laughs> tell us a bit about how you did put it together and where you did record it because it does sound interesting. Um, so we recorded it in a couple of different places. I wrote it all over the place. Yeah. Just all over the place. But we recorded it. We recorded the drums at um, Park Orchard Studio, which is in Victoria, and mm-hmm. that's run by a man named Evan, and he's so cool and I want to hang out with him again. But anyways, we got to record Michael Wallace, who is a phenomenal drummer. Mm. And we were just there for a weekend and they just smashed the drums out. And it was like one of my favorite times ever. And Koya James was there with me and he's my producer. So we were just kind of, I spent most of that time just watching them drum and just like jumping around the booth. Like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing in the world. I can't believe they're on my record. <laughs> um, and then after that, we went um, back to Darwin and soon after that kind of the world shut down but um, Benjamin Edgar he I write all of the music but um, we outsourced uh, the guitars from Benjamin Edgar and he wrote all of these incredible parts mm. um, on top of my chord structures he's just a wizard and he was in Germany and he kept sending us like stems and all of these different like recordings that he'd done and also some synth parts. And he's just yeah amazing. So me and James got to just sit there and like listen to all of the stems and co-produce it up. And we recorded most of it at night because James is like a super busy dude. Um, like after hours kind of vibes. And then we got more synth parts from my friend, Miggy Zamba and me and him, he's a doll boy. Me and him actually grew up playing in bands together when we were young, young, okay. like 15, 16, 17. And, yeah, it was so good to work with him again. And he was sending in synth parts as well. And then James added some extra production. And then Menace was a different one because Menace has, like, so many different people on it. Like, Menace is nuts. Mm, mm. It has, like, Capital J co-produced it with James, but he's also in the background screaming, we do what we want to do. That's Capital's voice. Um, and I'm he really have to does. pay attention next time listening to it. Yeah, he's the true menace. Like he literally does whatever he wants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love him. And actually, Tasman Keith had a verse on it originally, but that ended up not going through. So he's got like a little writing percentage on it as well. And then um, a band called Draft Day, who I worked with in Darwin quite a bit. Mm. They had all of these like amazing ways to play it live. So they just came in and over the top of the track that was already there, it was already pretty much a completed track. They just did like live takes and we recorded those just in different rooms or playing at the same time. And that just added so much more. And so when we were like bouncing it out, James was like, this is like a two minute 45 song, but there is so many files in this. Like it's so massive because there's just so many cool people on it. Um, and then it was mixed by Tony Espy, who is an incredible yeah. human being. Um, and then uh, mastered by Fred Kevorkian in New York, I'm pretty sure is where he still is. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of been like created all over the place and all over the world. And yeah, it's been cool. Jesus Christ, it's like the Lord of the Rings of credit. Yeah. Credits on this song. Yeah, well, yeah, and also, like, Liam Liam Bodalasia did um, co-production on The Dark, and then Katie did a little bit of vocal production on mm. a couple of the tracks as well when James was super busy. So it's just, like, been massive. Was it intentional to have this much collaboration on the record as opposed to having 
one producer and locking yourselves away until it's done? Well, technically, it, it sounds like it has a lot of collaboration, but the key voices in it, there aren't very many. I just love to make sure that all of these incredible people get credited. So mm. when it comes to this record, it was mostly me and James co-producing, but we gave Benjamin Edgar also production credits because his work is insane. Yeah. Like you can't you can't listen to his guitars and be like, he didn't produce that record because he totally did. Um, but mostly it was me and James taking all of these stems from these incredible musicians and moving them around. I have sole writing credit on all of the songs except Menace, which has like a little bit of Tasman Keith in it from when he wrote the verse. Mm. But the rest of the album, it is my it is my writing. But um, it, yeah, no, it, I feel like most albums are hugely collaborative. Yeah, um, it's very hard to make a piece of art and be like. Well, I just feel like it's. I just feel like you should always talk about the people that you get to work with because otherwise, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why you do it. To be honest, <laughs> like, like, like the the relationships you make and the people you get to work with. Like, I get to work with my heroes, so of course I'll talk about them twenty four seven. I think they're the coolest. Tasman, well, honestly, honestly, everything we get th- sent through of his is just mm, like we've <laughs> we've loved playing Tasman for ages. Yeah, Taz is dope. He was probably the well, technically, like he's not really on the record, but um, yeah, no, we've worked a lot together in the past, and he's he's a really good musician and a fantastic rapper. Yeah, no, no, it's just, I'm just just saying because you mentioned him a few times. It's always good to give him yeah. a shout out because, well, yeah, yeah, shout out Tasman Keeves. Was there any point during the process of putting it together though that that was there any sort of I guess, feeling of exhaustion, like, oh, this is never going to get done. Because it sounds like it really was a real effort to get it together. I mean, any record is, but it really sounds like there was a lot of work going on in there. Did you ever feel like there was ever an overwhelming sense of this is never going to get done, any sort of self-doubt going on there? Or were you pretty certain about everything? Uh, Like I said, I don't really think like that. Um, I like making music and whenever I get to make music, it's a blessing. So (laughs) it was never like that. It was always just like, cool, get to hang out with my homies and make music. Cool. I got got to write something and now we can make it cool. Like we can put out a single mad. Let's go make some more music. (laughs) So you you wouldn't have cared if, if, if it didn't get together, you're just like, this is so much fun. The process of it is so much fun. I don't care what comes out of it. Oh, um, no, I really wanted to make an album, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a high velocity rat writer, I guess you could say. Like I write yeah. a lot. So I've written a lot of songs and like, it, it wasn't a question of whether or not the album was going to get done. It was more of a question of what was going on the album, if that makes sense. Yeah. So how many songs did you write for the album? Oh, I can't even tell you. <laughs> I, I write so many songs and some of them are terrible and some of them are great and some of them didn't make this cut but might make the next cut because mm. like moth was meant to be on blame game which is my first ep but we were like okay we're gonna give it some time like i'll never rush a song unless yeah. it's ready so we left moth for a while for quite a few years and then like some things went down and i rewrote it and then it was finally ready to come out so i put it on this album so albums are kind of i guess they're kind of like jigsaw puzzles um, when and it comes each, to that each kind of song's thing. a piece, I guess. Yeah, and I'll never put out anything that I'm not happy with, and I'll never put out anything that's not true to me. Mm, mm. So, do you have to then yeah. going on that? Then do you have to look over some of your lyrics, maybe that you might pin down and go, that may not quite hit the mark. So, is there a little bit of 
um, elimination going on there in terms of, you know, after you've written it, going, well, let's have a look at this and let's see if it really does fit what I'm feeling. Yeah, well, I definitely uh, call um, <laughs> my lyrics <laughs> a lot. Um, I do a lot of editing, but also I find that a lot of the songs that I write that are are the better songs are written yeah. in like 20 minutes. So some songs take a long time to write and other songs you just like, eh, and it's done. And then and then you're like, cool, can we produce it? And they're like, yeah, mad. <laughs> like, I think I wrote Menace in a, a solid 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, same with December song, wrote that really fast. Mm. But Did- then like Moth took like a good three years to yeah. like mature. So oh. they just live their own little lives. Yeah, so it really it can differ. Yeah, 100%. Were there any, though, that, that you weren't thinking of would be would be making that cut and then somebody else's has told you no keep it keep it stevie oh, yeah. this is awesome graduation yeah yeah no one was supposed to hear that it was oh. like 30 seconds long and it was just super depressing and i was like lol look at this super depressing i wrote and james was like we should make that a chant and i was like there's 30 minutes and he was like no 30 seconds and he was like yeah <laughs> let's just loop it and i was like okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say he was like it was played over and over again yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it's got such a unique structure. But I love, I love that song. Seriously, that's that's the that's the that's the secret that buskers have been been milking for years, especially loop with the it. loop pedals. Yeah, just loop it. Loop it. She'll be right, mate. <laughs> Pretty much. The drunker the people are that's stumbling down the street, the less <laughs> likely they're going to pick up on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess. <laughs> if if you were to speaking of statements. Um, if you were to put to sort of describe the album in one sentence, I guess um, I don't know. You don't. You don't have to answer this question because I feel like sometimes you want to like have a little bit of mystery. But <laughs> if if you feel so inclined, um, how would you describe the album in one sentence that sort of expresses, I guess, the true meaning of what you're trying to tell? Um, does, that, does that sound wanky enough to answer or are we I don't know if I can even answer that I I just I just write how I feel and then I get to make music with my friends and um <laughs> I don't know man I love I love making music <laughs> I'm gonna have to come back to you on six months on that one like you have to have a good think about it give it a bit of give it a bit give it give the songs a bit of a break and then then you're gonna have to tell me then you have to self-analyze. Oh my god! I don't know if I'm ready to self-analyze a whole record. You got to have your well. You're not yet at the stage, I think, um, Stevie, that you're you're going to have your mid youth crisis. It's, it's coming. Don't you worry. It's coming like to you like a, like a tsunami. But when it does, oh boy, when it does, you're gonna. Oh god! Did you just, have a mid youth crisis? Is that what I'm sensing, Daniel? I'm not the one here to answer questions. <laughs> <laughs> when I when when I put out my next record, then you can ask me. But uh, that'll be that's for another day. But oh my god, you should let me interview you, and I'm going to ask you all of these <laughs> whack questions. I'm going to be like, hey Daniel, do you appreciate your fans, Daniel? Oh, god, yeah, it's coming. It's gonna be it's <laughs> gonna be good. You have to get me on the tequila first, I think. Uh, yeah, I think we I think we can do that, and then we can just talk about our our um our Greek family, uh, our our Mediterranean <laughs> family. <laughs> Yeah, wogs complaining about wogs. That sounds like a sounds pretty like a much. Well, also idea. celebrating them, ce- celebrating and complaining and just laughing, crying <laughs> while I'm eating a while I'm eating some spanakopita. Yeah, yeah, just eating olives and complaining. Yeah, I. <laughs> and this is 
I never used to like olives. What? Yeah, not kidding. Like this is how much of a traitor I am to the wog the wog race. Jeez. And then on my Anglo side of the family, so they used to go, my mum's side of the family, go, oh, you're not wog if you don't eat olives. What the fuck? Yeah, well, I would, I would kind of agree with her. <laughs> and then I, and then my dad's side of the family, my my Anglo side of the family, would always have uh, fruit cake for Christmas mm-hmm. and any function, and I would never eat yeah. the fruit cake. Wow. Oh, now you, Daniel, you can't, you can't be a pern if you don't have your fruit cake. So I was <laughs> like, oh, well, what am I? I don't know. I'm an outcast. Oh yeah, you're yeah. just the just a mixed kid. That, that definitely, <laughs> that definitely. Well, I I eat them now, but I think that definitely damaged me. So I I'm totally blame my family for that. You definitely need to eat olives. Yeah, I need some they therapy. Olives <laughs> and therapy. Yeah, I just need to be snacking on them as we go, and just like, just my therapist going, you know, tell me, tell me whether, tell me, tell me what foods they hurt you with, you know. Yeah. No. Oh my god. <laughs> Point on the yeah. point on the brandy infused fruit cake where they hurt you. Yeah. Oh my god, dang! <laughs> that got deep quick, didn't it? That got really like we we got to like paint like food drama. Um, That's a whole thing. What's one food you won't eat just randomly? <laughs> oh, hmm. What won't I eat? I'm not a fan of anchovies. I was I was gonna say you would never try sestroming, would you? That that Swedish like fermented fish. Oh, probably not. Um, I'll try anything once, but I probably won't. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I, I yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's anything like anchovies, but I'm just not about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I know some people love it on pizza, and others hate it. But yeah, I just I, whenever I eat it, I'm like, what is this? I'm not. I'm not a fan. But <laughs> if anybody puts food in front of me that I haven't tried before, of course I'll try it, especially if it's from their culture. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because it'll always be delicious, especially if it's homemade. Yeah, yeah, and just, like, the opportunity. That's cool, sharing. Speaking, speaking of speaking of 20, 20 wog questions, um, what's your favourite dish to make? Avril morning. Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds all Greek uh, to me. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. um, it's uh, Touche, it's, Daniel, touche. Touche. It's a soup that my yaya, my grandmother, would make and my dad makes a really good one and it's um egg lemon rice and chicken oh that sounds delicious it's so good dude it <laughs> sounds like just the best comfort food oh my god it just fills you up and you're just like chilling oh my god i love that soup every culture i think no matter where it originates from has some sort of comfort comfort food signature yeah. comfort food like name a culture like you could probably like you know, it, you'd probably list a, a food, or if you didn't know, they'd be able to tell you what the comfort food is. But it must be some yeah. universal human trait that food is there to comfort you. Food is part of the part of the soul. Well, food is definitely part of the reason that you're alive. Like, like <laughs> a massive part of the reason that you're alive. Like yeah. almost the sole reason that you're alive. <laughs> so go go figure that. Like it makes us feel good when we get to eat. Um, so it's like a blessing. Like even if you're having a really bad day, like I remember I was super broke when I got to Melbourne and I was like, you know what? Your life's actually fine. So long as you get to eat and you have some place to sleep, everything's good. Don't be panicking. Don't be bougie. Don't be petty. Just feed yourself. <laughs> like literally just feed yourself because some don't, people can't even do that. Don't yell at random 21 year olds in the street because they're showing midriff. Oh my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, maybe don't do that. Just eat. Just eat eat something. Like it's like this our aunties and our mothers know what's up when they're like, just eat something and you'll feel better. And yeah, we do. And then suddenly everything's okay. With <laughs> I can't. I can't even remember what I was going to ask next. With um, <laughs> no, that's what I was going to ask. Um, when you do play the album live, when you do get round to when I do, you know, hint hint, <laughs> see you playing these songs live, Stevie. Hey, a, I played them last week. <laughs> sorry, I played live last week. What? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Where? I had an album launch at the Red Beater. Oh and yes, no, I did see the post for that. Sorry, I I take that back. I did see I think <laughs> I did see your Instagram post about it. How was it though? How was it the was better show? Very good. Oh my god, so many NT kids for shout out to all of my NT kids in what? Melbourne. Right. Every single one of you. Did they specifically come down? No, 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 they no. Didn't, no they didn't hire a bus or anything like that, did they? From the NT, that's a long way. Um, <laughs> no, but a lot of uh, what what happens in the NT is a lot of like kids you graduate and you often move to a big city. So there's like a lot of NT kids in Melbourne. Right, right. Yeah, so, so I was actually quite late to moving here in Darwin tradition. So, so they were these were all people you knew or people that you like were in your circle or something. Well, I hadn't seen them for years, and I get to the gig, and it's just like packed out with all of these NT kids, and I was like, oh, my God, my heart is bursting. You guys are the best. So there were, like, some new friends that I hadn't met before, but, like, and some Darwin, um, some Melbourne people as well, but there was just, like, so many NT kids, Mm. and we just all partied until two. That's awesome. Dude, it was so good. I I love my NT kids. Any kid who hears this who's from the NT in a big city, I love you. Don't stop being cheeky. Is it? Is oh, I was going to say. So that's how you can. They're bit, bit, a bit of cheek, a bit of you know, have out there to have a bit of fun. That's how you can always identify them. Yeah, we're pretty loose because like we come from a like a hot climate, so we're all just kind of like a little bit. bit of, I, I don't know. Bit of slack, you Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I don't heat, know. I love the heat it. makes that that heat makes those um tendons hang a bit bit too loosely. Oh, I don't know too loosely. I just think that I love I, – I'm very proud of my community. I'm very proud of the kids who leave it and the kids who stay. I'm just proud to be from the NT. What were you trying to bring – what kind of approach were you trying to bring to the songs live when you were doing them the other day? Um, I just wanted to play them and give them as much um, – uh, like live authenticity. Like um, whenever I play a live show, I want to make sure that it's a good time for the people who go and also that it does the songs justice because there's a reason that we make them that certain way. Um, yeah. And I actually got to play my last two live shows with um, Micah, the original drummer, and with Miggy, the original uh, keys player, who, bro- who were both on the record. So that Gosh. was a huge, yeah, it was a huge honour. Um, and... Um, yeah, and I also got to play with Dakota Smith, who's another Darwin kid who I used to play in bands with when I was like 15, 16, 17, actually the same band when we were young. So it was so good. It was so fun. Yeah, so it's like they must they must bloody enjoy it because especially ones that have contributed on the album, just to yeah. go there and actually like have a bit of fun with it and actually do it in front of people. Must be very I- rewarding. Yeah, I think it would be a good time. It's a good time for me, certainly. And we have, like, we just vibe out together. Like, I, yeah, like I said, I get to make music with my friends. So do you have a tendency to, when you are in the writing process, to actually, when you're putting the songs together, 
do you con do you consciously think about how it's going to sound live or how it's going to sound like if you were just to play it in front of people? Um, no. I mean, I think about it a little bit, but like I said, whenever you make art, it's got to be in service of the art and in service of the song. And that is not to say that you don't want to give your fans everything that they want and the people who support you everything that they want. But when you're in the creative process, I think it would hinder you to be thinking about um, opinions and and what people hear. Do you know what I mean? And because a live show is an entirely different ball game to to a record. So yeah. you you figure out how they're going to translate on stage independently of how you want to make them sound on the record. Mm, mm. I mean, a lot of them, I'm guessing, would have translated pretty well, though. Oh, you can translate all of them really well because they're they're guitar heavy. Mm. Um, cause I, I just love guitars. So they, they translate really well, but I feel like these days we're so privileged to have all of these different, amazing, um, like live instruments and like trigger points yeah. and like pads and stuff. So you can really take any kind of music to the live stage and you see so many people do it so brilliantly with all of these different types of music. It's really exciting. Yeah. It's really only something that's probably popped up in the last 15 years or so. Like yeah, what well, you can do on stage with it. Yeah, I find it really, really um, interesting because um, I know uh, a lady I work with a lot, Katie Baker, like she uses her, her drummer triggers pads, which is kind of becoming like a really commonplace thing to do. Mm. And I think it's really it's, it's really effective in her live shows. I was going to say, Katie Baker is another awesome artist. Yeah, she's was, great. She, had, she put out a great album last year, I remember. Uh, Mary of the North. Yeah, that was also produced by James. So. Oh, okay. It's a small world yeah. up there. So, because you, uh, yeah. <laughs> compared to here, because uh, you've, um, because I believe that, um, Kia James and that has collaborated with you as well. You've, uh, that's the James I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh James. shit! It is. Oh right. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure I've seen some like Instagram posts or stories yeah, or something Koya. where you guys have worked Koya together. James. So Koya yeah. means. Um, oh Koya, it's Koya. I've been pronouncing it's Koya. it. Koya. Okay. Yeah. So Koya means big brother. Oh, okay, yeah, because he's he again last year put out some awesome. He put out some awesome music last year as well. Yeah, he put out an album called Isha along with one of my really good friends, Serena Peck. With I was going to say, speaking of like those people that you do work with in the scene up there, um, what do, how do you find like what makes the the scene and the music community up there in Darwin special and unique compared to to elsewhere? Well, I mean, every every um, every community has its perks, and um, I think Darwin's is that we have the space to be who we are and mm. have the space to create, and it's not like a hugely judgmental kind of world. Yeah. In the NT, like I said, it's kind of too hot to really be bothered with the drama. So <laughs> you're already <laughs> angry enough at the heat. Yeah, to be well, angry you can't at other be people. angry. No, you can't be angry at each other when you're like both really sweaty. So um, <laughs> it's just it's not hot. So <laughs> um, no, we have a lot of space to be who we are and to create, and um, it's a really great community out there. And it's not like there's it's not like there's a million music scenes. It's like there's one music scene, and then we all exist within it and create what we want to create. Rather than like it's not like a rock scene, heavy metal scene. It's like everything is a Mm. Everything is is part of kind of the same scene, so we all support each other and learn from each other. Yeah, yeah. As much as I do love the Melbourne music scene, and don't get me wrong, it's awesome. Um, but I guess I'm guessing it's just purely because of the 
because of the abundance of of music there is there is a tendency to have bubbles form both i think with styles as you say but also geographically like you'll yeah. tend to find a lot of musicians will centers tend to stick in one area of the city because well it's massive exactly it makes sense. It's huge. and that's just a function <laughs> of how how bloody big the ten- big the city is unless you're coming here to tour um, yeah. You'll find that local musicians like that are in the nor- inner north will stick to largely the inner north or the- they'll stick to that inner southeast area or out mm-hmm. outer east, depending on where they are. Like there is, yeah, there is that tendency to sort of stick to your own area. Um, well, that's quite fascinating. Yeah. I look forward to learning more about this, uh, yeah. the long time in this city. But, yeah, it's it's good to, yeah, always cr- cross over and, and check out different areas because there will always be new people that you can meet. Yeah, what are you so what are you hoping moving forward? What's now that you've got the album out and now that you know you've you've done the launch show, as I yeah. so lovingly forgot. Um <laughs> <laughs> what's um what what are you really hoping to dig your teeth into now that you're down here in Melbourne, now that you've had the oh, record out? I just want to play as many live shows as I can mm. possibly fit in. <laughs> I I just want to play every night to every person. I I love playing live. It's so addictive, especially when it's rock. Like rock is such a fun genre to play live. There's so there's such fun songs to play live. Um. So yeah, I've I've got a taste for it in the Melbourne scene, and I just want to play to everybody. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. I'm keen to be one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> And you can berate me over a tequila shot. Um, I I will definitely do that. We can have like a proper a proper really loud fight for no reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sounds sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'm. It's so cool seeing the record finally come out after all these. Oh, thank you. The, the, after seeing these, you've released these awesome songs, and honestly, I hope the rest of the year goes just as well as it has thank so far. You. Um, we are going to be playing, or well, you, you said, you actually said personally to me before your favorite song off the album, which yeah. makes me go, absolutely. We're going to talk about it, um, <laughs> which, which is what you're going to do right now. So your favorite, okay. you said your favorite song off the record was Callie, yeah, it which, is. which we are going to play soon. So why is that the case? Cause it is a very, you know, as I was saying before the interview, very, you know, very relaxing sort of, you know muted song compared to a lot of the other ones oh um i don't know if i would call it that like it it comes across a little bit like that but if you listen to it the whole way through there's like a lot of twisted kind of Mm. musical choices in it that i really like and a lot of people yeah it's just a great it's it's a good song and we all really enjoyed making it um the production at the end um was one of my favorite moments on the album like there's just yeah we we ended up recording me singing and james was like how late can you sing this line and i was like bro i can sing this so lazy and he was like no do it <laughs> i was like no nah, watch and i i sang it so lazy that he actually had to move it more into time <laughs> <laughs> i said yeah, he was like yeah yeah here's the challenge and i was like russ <laughs> i can be lazy um but if you listen to it you can really hear um just the it takes its time this song mm, mm. and yeah i i love it it's also one of my mom's favorite but she heard it the first time and she was like are you going to murder someone like this is really twisted i was like mm, mm, maybe <laughs> <laughs> who do you hate today mum yeah i'll be your, i'll be your little legionary 
<laughs> your little your little hit lady. I'll be the low hit lady mom. I'll kill anybody for my mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know that you love your mom like that. Yeah. Yeah. I better not get on her bad side. Well, my mom's actually an ex-judo champion, so she really doesn't actually need me to to protect her at all. No, she's got that covered. (laughs) So she's good. She'll get you for backup. Yeah, well, she wouldn't even need me for backup. She'd probably go to my brother first because he's 6'1". Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. you say that like it's like huge, but then I guess compared to your height. <laughs> well, compared to 5'1", it's very different. <laughs> it's, it's like the giant. Yeah, he's like a giant, I guess, compared to you. Yeah, well, mum's 5'2", so his leg really big in our family. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Stevie, thanks so much for, um, yeah, taking the time out of your evening and your recovery period to... <laughs> Come and chat shit about the album and, you know, actually chat some some serious stuff about, about it too, you know. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Uh, we're going to play Callie now, but um, can you, can you tell, tell people? Let's, let's, let's take them out on the song. Tell them who you are. Oh, okay. Um, my name's Stevie Jean. I like to make music and I get to make music and I like to live because that's what we get to do on this planet so i'm just i've got one life and i'm living it the best i can and i have a lot of fun um (laughs) i don't know man i'm so awkward (laughs) i'm so awkward and on that note let's leave (laughs) yeah bye here it is kelly
Hi guys, this is Vass, and you're listening to Bar Talk here on Australian Musicians Radio. Circles inside of my head Know that you wanna just post up and straight up keep playing pretend But I can't Why you running up out of my mind like I'm going insane again Making me feel all this pain again If I could then I would get you back But I can't, I messed up, I know that But the matter of fact, you the mess, I know that Stop calling me back, love what we had Stuck in the past, but it's time to move on like you did Quicker than the semi-automatic You know your love is a trap, babe I say you know you know that your love is a trap, babe Say you know you know that you love us. So I say you know you know that you love us. So try, babe, try, baby. Now we sipping on hard liquor, deep in the moment. The body making different motion, emotion giving fake love tonight. Body on mine, taking her time. No, she light, double time, speed it up, slow it down, switch it up. Now we hitting rewind. No, she ain't mine. No, this one night we drunk off the Hennessy. Let me see what she had all black tight dress. I'm a mess, stressing by the ex. We drink to forget the things that you said. Can we pretend that you love me? Ooh, oh, but you don't though. Why you running up out of my mind like I'm going insane again? Making me feel all this pain again. If I could, then I would get you back, but I can't. I messed up, I know that. But the matter of fact, you the mess, I know that. Stop calling me back. Love what we had. Stuck in the past, but it's time to move on like you did. Quicker than the semi-automatic. You know your love is a trap, babe. I say you know you know that your love is a trap, babe. I say you know you know that your love is a trap. I say you know you know that your love is a trap, babe. Trap, babe. And that was Young Bear with Love Trap. Um, Before that, a beautiful interview with uh, Stevie Jean, uh, followed by a track of hers called Callie, which I hope you guys enjoyed as much as we did. Daniel? Yes. Fantastic job with the interviews as usual. Thank you so much. It was funny (laughs) because the interview, as you saw, is about 45 minutes long. I kid you not, we were on the phone just chatting shit for about two and a half hours in total that night. It was like a, we had, honestly, we had a bloody blast and fucking Wogs represent, you know. Um, I'm keen to see her play play live when everything opens up. And, uh, yeah, she can tell me all about all about that shit. You know, hopefully her legs legs healing up. I can't remember if we mentioned it in the interview, but, yeah, she got got hit 
by a car right when we did the interview. So hopefully by now the uh, leg's healing up nicely. Yeah, I mean, luckily, uh, no leg needed for singing, no. nor uh, nor guitar playing, which is which is fantastic. I right. don't know if uh, anyone that listens to the podcast uh, saw, but in a similar kind of vein, uh, Dave Grohl broke his leg uh, during a gig one time, and yeah, proceeded to play the gig while the medic was uh, putting a splint on his leg, and um, uh, yeah, continued to play and sing songs on this on this throne made of guitars, Game mm. of Thrones style. So. Uh, Stevie Jean, you've joined the ranks of the of the greats. <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing was, at the end of the interview, after we'd stopped recording, she goes, "Oh, so I've just been um doodling while I've been while I've been chatting to you," and then she goes, "Do you want to see what I draw?" I drew, and and she and I go, "Yeah, absolutely." And then she sends me this beautiful self portrait, or it looked like a self portrait. You've seen on uh, you'll see on some of her um, cover art and some of the art she puts out. Um, it was very similar to that, and it was a. I thought I said it looked like a self-portrait. She was just like, "I'm just drawing a doodle of some face," but yeah, she was just there sitting there doodling while we were chatting, which was I thought really cool. Yeah, I always find it difficult. I, I tried my hand at drawing when I was younger, and um, I found it hard to draw without inspiration. Like um, I loved art and always loved kind of creative outlets, but I guess that was always because I found myself a little bit distant from them, like I was an analytical type rather than an artistic type. And so when I went into drawing, I always found it way easier to draw something rather than to think something up and then just explore it artistically. So anyone that can do that kind of thing, I'm always really, really impressed with. Well, I don't think she was consciously thinking about what she was drawing because she goes, because I was going, oh, is that a self-portrait? It's like, I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just drawing whatever came out of my hand. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. But it was a yeah, very- that's, Yeah, that's the thing that impresses yeah. me, right? Like, that's the bit that that I can't get a grasp on. It's it's kind of similar to, um, well, at least when it comes to writing a song, I can see a um, I can see a clear path from A to B. You decide what the song's, depending on how you write, you decide what the song's about. You, you know, maybe you come up with a title first, so you know, and then you start writing around this title. It might be a true story. It might be something you've made up, maybe something you've imagined. Maybe you're writing- while you watch something, I don't know, but you, you're creating a story there and you're creating a vibe and all of that, exploring that makes kind of um, linear logical sense to me. But when it comes to just putting pen to paper and creating something, I always have like immense, immense respect for people that can do something like that, just zone out the way that you and I would zone out and just noodle away on the guitar and come up with this beautiful little drawing that maybe, it, you know, maybe it's something bigger, better. I'm not sure, but- that kind of that process of thinking and that way of being, I've never been able to do it, mm. and I'm always super impressed by people that can. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Um, but fuck it, uh, make sure you go and uh, listen to the dark if you haven't already. Great album. I had, a, I had so much fun listening to it, and obviously chatting to to um, Stevie. Keen to see, keen to meet her. Hopefully, too. Speaking of people we met, actually. Um, you may remember Vass back about about a year ago around now. Um, I did interview the awesome Nat Vaser. We finally got around to seeing her live on Thursday night, literally the night before lockdown. Um, so if you haven't already seen the uh, Suki AMR Suki podcast interview that we did with her and her band who just hijacked the interview, um, go and listen to it now. It was a lot of fun and it was heaps Heaps cool to see her uh, album songs played live from the record she put out last year. 
go and check that now via the website, or it's also on um, the the Bar Talk uh, podcast pages as well. But yeah, AMR. Uh, sorry, AustralianMusiciansRadio.com. That, of course, as you know, is where you can go to find all of the AMR podcasts, podcast specials that we've got, the written articles that we've got coming on the AMR Premex page. Make sure you go and check them because, uh, as you have, as you've probably seen, the VK article that we put out last Friday is up too, which I'm really proud of. Um, Kim did a great job putting that one together. We've got some more articles coming up in the next couple of weeks, which is really, really, really exciting. Um, and I'm keen to see more written stuff go up there. So it's exciting times. Yeah, I mean, we've never really, apart from the old Facebook posts and stuff like that, we don't really, don't really do a whole bunch of um, written stuff. So yeah, that's really exciting to see. I'm keen to see how that expands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. We'll have to get you. You have to give us a written article soon, Vass. Get your ass together. Yeah. Put some words down. <laughs> I've I've actually become a lot better since um since kind of getting into writing more and um. And even just emails at work, I've become way better at putting together coherent thoughts and writing, you know, um, article style stuff that goes from beginning to end with a, a solid point through it. So, it might be worth trying my hand at it. Yeah. Get your fucking shit together. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, Me? Um- me? Never. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, uh, that's, yeah, always good room to improve. But um, I want to quickly chat about the- track that we just came off of young bears love trap now this was a focus song i guess you can say off his recently released ep misbehavior now we haven't had the pleasure of featuring young bear before but i know that he has featured on the mint factory one of his previous singles but um the debut ep misbehavior is out now and uh, love trap is yeah one of the the focus songs off the record you had a cool piano line this one, don't you reckon? Yeah, mate. Look, I I loved everything about it. Um, when you sent me the shortlist and I had to listen through it all, this was one of the ones that really um, I've been going through a bit of again self discovery, uh, trying to expand my horizons and, and go into a genre that I don't really understand much of and haven't really listened to much of since I was young when I was obsessed with Eminem. Um, which is hip hop. I just, you know, mm. I don't really get into it that much. My little brother does. A lot of my peer-aged friends do from school. Um, and I've been listening to a bunch just to try and educate myself. And I'll tell you what, this came um, really welcome to me. I really, really enjoyed it. It just hits all the hits all the um, spots, ticks all the boxes for me. I think it really hit well. He had really great flow. Uh, tone of his voice was great. And the production of the track was phenomenal. Like, I can't say enough good things about it. He really did hit the mark. It's a great, it's a great longing song. I feel like just see where the where the relationships sort of bottomed out. Just a great, great track though. Though, yeah, good fun. And give give the EP a listen if you haven't already. Um, and uh, please make sure you like all the artists so that you hear that you like as well while we're on it because. Uh, it's a great way to support them. Give them a comment and a, a like too, because it just makes sure that there are that the the algorithm prefers it. Make sure you comment on our posts too, for fuck's sake. We need more algorithm the al- love. The algorithm gods. Yes, I love that. I love that this is spawned out of. Um, I've got. A, I've got a shrine YouTube. to the Facebook algorithm rhythm at home. I pray to it every day, hoping for more do, likes. Do you remember when? Um, so far, it's inter- fucking in- done. Fuck all. Yeah. Do you remember when the um when all this internet 
social media stuff um, really started taking off around the time of, of YouTube's big kind of explosion. And then um, around that same time, it was kind of Facebook as well, 2013-ish. Mm. It really kind of... Actually, I mean, it was before then, but it was really not too long before 2013 that this was all really starting to become big uh, yeah. and gain a lot of mass traction. And back then, it was just like... If you were on it, you were on it, and that was that. Like when you put your video up, when you made your post, it's just when it popped up on on um, Facebook or YouTube. Nowadays, the algorithm gods, we are all beholden. <laughs> it's really frustrating. So anything you can do to help out, um, not just our musicians who we love dearly and, and uh, appreciate the support of. Thanks for sending in your tracks all the time, guys. You know, it helps us do what we do. Um, and we love helping you guys do what you do. But it, it, it helps immensely for them to be able to make their way up this rung. And, you know, little things like watching their YouTube video um, for the music video for their song, watching it all the way through to the end. That, that does things for the algorithm too. Dropping a like on it, dropping a comment on it, sharing it on Facebook, liking their page on Facebook, all that kind of stuff. It may seem insignificant to you guys, but the amount of help that it gives them, us, everyone, is immense. And amidst COVID especially, we need all the help we can get. Good words. Um, speaking of, real quickly, of the other shows of AMR2, I should mention, uh, the aforementioned Mint Factory. Uh, recently, go and check out their recent episode because they had a good friend of mine that I know through the open mic scene um, feature as the guest artist who's going to be actually doing a bit more work with AMR, which is really exciting. Anna Lipsney, uh, she's from Latvia, but Aussie-based Aussie now. Um, she came out with some new music. And they had a chat to her. She co-hosted. They played a few of the songs that we've um, we've played on tonight too. But I digress. Um, the next track is very much linked into the whole idea of the 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 AMR Heavy Reborn show, which is the premier metal, hard rock, punk, grunge, I don't know, prog, whatever hard genre you so desire, music based podcast show, courtesy of the awesome guys Mick, Jesus, and of course. Um, Cully, Jewel, uh, this next this next song's right up that uh, heavy alley. I'm, of course, talking about the awesome Melbourne band, a gazillion angry Mexicans, and they've come out Which with a Which is new one song. of the best names I've ever heard. It is a great name. It really is. Um, coming out with a brand new song called Pilgrimage via, via sorry, awesome local label Headstone Records. This was, yeah, there was such, uh, there was no way that we couldn't include this. This had a good- a good amount of oomph to it, don't you reckon? Oh yeah, it starts on ten and it just goes from there. <laughs> it's brilliant. I really did. I really did like it. Um, every time we get a heavy rock tune, I'm always kind of a bit excited. Um, I love my pop. I love my synthy stuff mm. um, and all that. But I do love getting back to my roots a little bit. A little bit of heavy rock. Um, any bluesy influence always welcome. And um, I'm pretty sure this is. From memory, this is the one with the uh, really awesome riff in the intro, and I just, yeah, I get around it. Mm, it's a bit of a mm. Is that right? <laughs> it's a bit of mm-mm. Now, unfortunately, these guys were apparently supposed to be playing this Saturday at the Tote, so my condolences. Oof. Uh, they must be, they really are a very bunch angry. of angry Mexicans right now. I mean- well, that gives you an angry Melburnians, let's say. <laughs> that's, that's probably probably a more appropriate title considering what's been happening down here. But hopefully that that record that um that gig gets gets po- um gets rescheduled down the track. 
Uh, cheers, Hearthstone Records 2. Afterwards, though, awesome little track, strangely enough, Are You More? This is a cool, awesome track that is going to be on uh, this particular artist's debut EP, which is out not too far away from now, June 18. I really liked the groovy sort of the jet up, but up, up, and you'll hear it in the um, when you listen to it. But the that sort of guitar like lick that goes throughout the chorus, you know what I'm talking about? Like it just kept rollicking. Like it was such a yeah, great, I know what little, you mean. great little addition. I, I think it just fit it perfectly, but that was just my standout feature of the track. It was groovy. No, definitely. It reminds me a lot of uh, things like, uh, you know, no, not exactly, but things like um, something from In Excess or um, mm. something from uh, Bowie, like Heroes, where there's that that repeating motif all the way through um, the choruses, just builds and builds. Did did really like that. Uh, now, the so- I don't know if I mentioned the EP just before. It's called Stories You Tell Yourself, out June 18, as I said before. Um I'm excited because if this is a good taster of what he's got for us, I'm keen to hear more, definitely. Yeah, likewise, man. Yeah, no, um, good stuff. But yeah, let's play the songs, Vass. I feel like we've we've prattled along far too far too much for what we've got going on. We're good at that. Yeah, true, true. It's um right now, it's a gazillion angry Mexicans with pilgrimage. And then after that, Vass. And after that, we've got Strangely Enough with Are You More? Right here on Bar Talk. Alcohol review up next. Oh, hey. 
G'day, this is Jay Stark from Heavy Reborn. You're listening to AMR. you're all as excited for alcohol review as I am but before we get there a gazillion angry Mexicans not in your living room but playing you a song called Pilgrimage aye, 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 aye. which we absolutely adored 
along with, strangely enough, with Are You More, um, two absolute screamers. We pick these songs by hand every week um, so you can be sure that every song that you're listening to uh, out of the ones that we've been sent are our absolute favorites. But that doesn't mean that we don't get sent a whole bunch of really great music uh, that we aren't able to play either. So if you love Australian um, local music, be sure to get around some of it. Hop on wherever you find your music, hop on Facebook, go out to a venue when we're not getting clamped by the government (laughs) and um, watch a local act, support whoever you can. This industry does not pleasure itself. It needs someone to do it for it. So yeah, be sure to get around it. Daniel, uh, yeah, yeah, um, please do. Whatever he said. <laughs> <laughs> He's got his eyes on the prize. Ladies and gentlemen, we have alcohol review coming right up, and Daniel is the centerpiece this time. Usually it's me. Boy. Because I'm generally the token alcoholic, but today it's going to be you. Boy, I'm keen. You, got the, you, you like European beer, I hope. That I do. Right. I had a fair bit of it in Europe, and I had a fair bit of it when I got back. Now it's time for the alcohol. Taking the piss out of the piss. For those of us listening at home, we aren't allowed to be close to touching one another or in any way. I heard you received that. Even looking at each other. I heard you received that. Yeah, that was my uh, my laptop. Will not. Unfortunately, it won't. uh, It won't mute. You have message from bitch Daniel. Ooh, Holland. Yeah, yeah. Bottom bitch. Holland. So this week, right. That's, we have the uh, Hollandia Premium, 4.7%, uh, traditionally brewed lager beer since 1758. Now, there is, I was looking here, where the fuck is the beer wank on this? And it's right on the front. They don't fucking muck around. It says, brewed with crystal clear water, finest hops, selected grains, and pure yeast. Pure yeast? Uh, hmm. According to the, the thing. Now- this is a cheeky one, 4.7%, meaning 1.2 Aussie standards. And uh, as I always joke, our standards are bigger than the UK's, which in the UK, if you're drinking this, it would be 1.6 standards. So, fuck you, UK. Uh, we're better. <laughs> I mean, we are, naturally. I mean, you, you wouldn't say that the father is better than the son, right? You always improve on the previous recipe. So, by, by yeah. extension- any colony of Britain is um, better. <clears throat> Sorry, that's the um, that's the British Secret Service at the door. I've got to go. Double O, fuck you. No, <laughs> um, this this double O, take your English beer and shove it. Yeah, um, I, I'm guessing it's it's Dutch. I'm trying to work out where it's actually. I think the the reduced given that it's called Holland. What's it called? Hollander. Hollandia. Hollandia. Have you not had this one before? Welcomen to Hollandia. No, I have not. I've had a lot of beers in my day so far, in the limited number of years I've been on God's green earth, but I've never had Hollandia. It's got a lot of labels on there, I'm guessing, because they export it quite a bit. But the, the issue is, the issue is, the reduced sticker is covering half the text. I can't see shit. It does. Oh, hang on. Uh, brewed and bottled in Holland. It is. It is Dutch. There you go. So uh, there you go. You I, know the old saying, Daniel. Yeah. If if you're not Dutch, you're not a mutz. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but sure. Are you ready to? Is, are, you, are you ready? Give me. Give me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Give I don't me, know. It's a pop top, so I don't know how loud it's going to be. 
It did make the sound. It made a sound, which is pleasurable because it's so hard to make a decently loud sound on pop top. I have to turn up the volume oh, no. all the way. <laughs> it's so annoying. This is why cans are superior as far as like an ASMR standpoint is yeah, concerned. Yeah. A- ASMR sounds like a spin-off from AMR. Yeah, ASMAMR. Where we ASMA. Just, Why would you not all, just ASMR? A- it's all, all of the letters are in there. Because <laughs> it's not. Because everybody knows what ASMR is, but nobody knows what ASMAMR is. You, you know. What about SAMR? It's no. <laughs> it smells like lager. It's because it is lager, Austin. It smells like a really pungent lager. I'm going to have a taste. Pia- Wish me luck. Pungent. It's not bad. It's uh it's pleasurable. It's pleasurable. It's a lager. It's a, it's, a, it's a lager. It's a lager drink. That's what it is. That's yeah. I'm gonna give it another sip, eh? You're jealous, aren't you, Vast? No, I'm. I'm actually. I'm one beer down. I need. Sorry, I'm two beers in. I'm a beer down. I need to go and grab one because I don't have one that you have. Uh, which means yes, I am one beer down from the the standard. I've been having um some Jedi juice from Hop oh, yes. Nation. Oh, yes, you've reviewed this before, and I remember you saying it's quite tasty. One of my favorites, yeah. They encountered some um It's got Carrie Fisher from- on the front of the can, I remember. Well, it it did. It did. Um All right, Mr. Copyright got him, folks. I'm sorry. Yeah. So the company who's anti-Semitic, money-hungry boss uh, didn't want to give anyone any of his plagiarized business, uh, did not let them. I mean, we're looking at a guy that literally made his money off of animating Grimm Brothers fairy tales, literally plagiarizing other people's work. And then someone comes along and goes, I want to contribute to an IP that you actually bought from someone else. You aren't talking about Senor Dalt Wisney, are you? Dalt Wisney, it is. Little known cousin of Walt Disney. F- funny story. Um, there Dalt was a quiz- Wisney is just- <laughs> There was a quiz at work and uh, like we're doing like, you know, in our meeting at work or whatever, just like, oh, let's do some trivia, da, 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 da. And my boss, my manager, uh, one of the questions he asks goes, what was Mickey, well, no, sorry, what was um, Walt Disney afraid of? And I just blurted out Jews. And he looked at me like, Daniel, there- <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> and he gave me the side eye. And then afterwards, I felt so bad. I was like, oh, shit. There's probably like some Disney stands here that think he was like perfect and, you know, what? pure and, and innocent. <laughs> and then afterwards- I feel I, like you've told me this story before. I and probably I love have. it every time. And, and I, I mentioned it to my boss afterwards. He goes, look, I'm, I'm sorry about the joke during my meeting. It was probably you know, work inappropriate. And he goes, ah, fuck it. Everybody knows about it. It's all good. <laughs> Everybody knows he was an anti-Semitic. It's fine. <laughs> you know what? You know what I'm really struggling with. I reckon there's a joke in there somewhere about. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at a frozen anti-Semite, right? Like a Jew-hating dude who has been frozen like Han Solo in Carbonite. Oh yeah. Until they can find a, a cure for cancer, there has got to be a plethora of untapped brilliance there. <laughs> like the number of jokes you could make about this popsicle Nazi. Like there's just, I can't imagine what- Popsicle <laughs> you Nazi? Like, <laughs> you feel where I'm coming from? Like there's actually 
There's so I'm much gonna, untapped potential. Oh here. my gosh, I'm gonna call him that from now on. The pop, the popsicle Nazi. <laughs> it's, it's legitimately like I feel like there's a gold mine there. It, like, does it not sound hilarious? Just me explaining it to you. There's this guy that hates Jews, <laughs> and they've frozen him until they find a cure for cancer. There's, there's got to be brilliance in that. Oh my fuck! Oh, just, yeah, look, I'll I'll leave that one there, mate. Not not because we're not because yeah. we're, we're pressed for time, but uh, no. until we figure out whether we've come off the air, <laughs> until we get the cease and desist from the big D, the big yeah, give me a, give me a sec. I've got yeah. um I've got a beer here to crack was- for the ASMR. Oh yeah, yeah, go on. There we go. I heard that. You might I heard that. I, I was going to say, I, I've, I've come to a decision. Well, I've come to a description on this one, Fass. You know those Asian lagers? You know how they always oh, taste- Oh, like Asahi and- really, No, no. I'm talking like tiger and that sort of stuff. Southeast Asia. Oh, yeah. Oh, the real good Bing. stuff. Yeah. They're like lagers, but they're like lagers, boy. Like you- That's, like why, it's lagers that's why there's a tiger on the front of tiger. This tastes this like- big lager. Yeah. This tastes like- what Tiger was trying to base their beer off. This is what it tastes like. It's like a more like we've got our shit together, but it's like a full-bodied lager. Uh, so does it's that like make sense? Gold. Uh, uh, sure. <laughs> if, if you're going back to the Queensland analogy, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I, there are very few um, full-bodied lagers that I really enjoy. Naturally, because I can't pick Forex Gold, I'd pick uh, VB. Mm. Is it anything like VB? No. No, no, it's it's a European lager. So it's, it's a European lager VB. through and through, but it has the air of this is what all those Southeast Asian lagers are trying to deal with. But now that I think about it, who was Indonesia colonised by Vass? <laughs> the Dutch. <laughs> so it all makes sense. I rest oh, my case. Colonization jokes. I, I guess. I, I guess it. my case. Uh, I rest my case. It's quite palatable, actually. I give it uh, three out of five popsicle Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite palatable for a colonization. No, no, this is the Motherlands beer, so you know. Ah, I, uh, I feel like a good point. Yeah, I feel like we've we've probably <laughs> ruffled a few feathers on this this particular segment. Vas, the beer. Yeah, I'm usually not clearly. that kind of guy. Hey, <laughs> usually we usually we like to keep things nice and you know family friendly. Or, you know, yeah, apart from the, the, apart from the swears, we're usually yeah, we're usually pretty PC. I don't know why I hopped on the um, the hype train today, but yeah, you got you got oh, me damn. going as soon as you said that Kerry Fisher was on the front of this beer can. I was like, you know what, beer, you've hit the spot. <laughs> I'm going and going for it now. Okay, okay. Look, I think lockdowns frazzled your brain just a touch, so that's what we'll maybe, blame it on. Maybe it's the 15 million people I talk to a day. <laughs> just can't remember which personality I'm supposed to have. All right. I mean, your one. I know you've had your your Jedi Jedi juice before, and I've I've I yeah. think I've tasted it before, and it's quite good. Do you want the um the beer wank? Um, yeah, make it a quick beer wank though. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll forego <laughs> the um Hop Nation. I actually went to <laughs> I actually went to the Hop Nation brewery um with the old man not too long ago, and that was really good. Um. Like there was this bloke walking his dog across the road to get there that like directed us to it because it's in a bit of an industrial district. Loved it. Like the little family vibe that's going on there. Nice. I'm going to go back and buy some of their merch. But this beer profile in particular, hazy, juicy with a citrusy uh, hop aroma, finishing off with intense flavor and a great mouthfeel because that's what I look for. 
Whenever yeah. I open my mouth is La- a great mouth feel. Ladies, gents, uh, whatever your preference is, uh, make sure in your spe- with your special someone they give you a good mouth feel. Good, you need a good mouth feel. Uh, Damn right, son. Featuring Ruwaka, Nelson Solvin, Citra, and Mosaic Hops. This is a this is the this is the beer you're looking for. Just in case we hadn't breached enough copyright there. Bloody hell! You can't copyright that sentence though. Well, that's it, it. That's a bit off what yeah. the actual quote is, but I think we're I know fine. what they were going for. We can claim parody. No rules. It's funny. Needed. It's funny, you know. They've just changed the front of this can to this kind of ambiguous, kind of almost topless-looking Melbourne University arts major chick holding a something that looks vaguely like a blaster, but still has like smoke coming out the front because apparently you Copyright. need gunpowder to fire plasma. It's yeah. I always found it funny. I was like, so you went from Carrie Fisher. Who was from? Now this isn't an, an insult towards Melbourne Uni arts majors or anything like that, but I think we found Bass's it's just, type. It's very no, you didn't. <laughs> this it's um, the only reason why he brought the beer. <laughs> no, it's just really interesting that um, Carrie Fisher can so easily, given that the movie was made uh, what mid seventies, the first one. Mm. Um, we've got mid seventies fashion, Carrie Fisher. And then on the other hand, you're able to so easily, you know, erase a little bit here, move a line or two there, and you've got something that I would consider fairly modern, um, maybe even a little bit kind of niche uh, fashion in that, you know, it's this Melbourne, Melbourneite, Melbourne University specific arts major, like that that vibe. The That's- fact that you can get that out of 1970s, it kind of blows my mind. It just proves <laughs> that everything is cyclical. I, I have fashion been is through cyclical. this. I've been through this with you before. Everything's a recyc- Everything's a recycling of everything else. So, you know. Well, it's true. Everything's- a- I think the, the term is everything's a- No, the, the term is there are no new ideas, which is not true. But <clears throat> I, get, I get where you're coming from. It's definitely all of this, all art, life, all that's very cyclical. We draw on what we've seen. Um, but I just found it really interesting that a good 50 years later- <laughs> You know, the redesign of a of a design from 1970, whatever it was, is something that could have been worn yesterday. Well, um, it's brilliant. And by the way, the, public, the beer is definitely public. yes, beers four and a half out of five at least. Uh, four and a half, four and a half out of five carry fishes. Four and a half out of five cease and desists. Fair enough. <laughs> Come get us, Dalt Bitchney. I like that. That's funny. Do you reckon they parodied that when they made Austin Powers? Uh, what part? Uh, the bit where he comes out of cryo-freeze in the second movie. <laughs> I, I, it wasn't Austin Powers just a, a plethora of parody? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you make a good point. Like if, even if it wasn't, you could probably claim parody, you know, by association. It's all unconscious anyway. You, you, you put that shit in your in your creative project and people go, oh, that, that's, that reminds me yeah. of that movie. It's like, I wasn't thinking of that, but yeah, it was one of my favorite movies as a kid, yeah. so it was probably unconscious. Just imagine yourself kicking back as a director on Oprah, yeah. going, yes, <laughs> yes, I totally, I totally intended that. Yes, that was a reference to Apartheid. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really excited. We got-, we, we got to chat about the songs that we're about to play. You wouldn't be talking about uh, Bella Patton uh-huh. with uh, Spacey and Boy. Little Green with uh, Mother's Daughter. Boy, I would, would you? be. I would be. Um, this is a great reminder because this next song, 
Bella, Bella Patton song Spacey was a track that Bella sent in herself, which is awesome. I'm just trying to see, actually. I just realized like she trying to find she's got an Instagram page. I'm going to try and open that up to see if we can get some more info about her. But she said it in herself, which is a really good reminder that if you are an independent artist and you've got new songs coming out, you've got new music, send us in. Send them our way. Yeah. Uh, AMRAirplay at mail.com. And, uh, you know, show us your new music and you never know. We might actually like it. <laughs> yeah. We love, um, we, we particularly love stuff sent in by independents. Um, I mean, independent labels and uh, labels in general that send in their Australian music. Fantastic. We love it to pieces. But we really do have a heart for um, the little man, uh, little woman, the the person that does everything themselves and is just trying to cut a living on their own. Uh, anything we can do to help you guys, we do love doing it. And I mean, you know, Daniel and I are, um, are musicians ourselves. We know what it's like trying to carve our way through all the bullshit in the music industry and stuff like that. So we, we do love getting you guys submissions in. And playing your stuff on the radio station as much as we can. Just send it through. You never know. And not only that, it's a great song to boot. So groovy. Well, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, really good stuff, Bella. Thanks for sending it in too. Um, go and check out her Insta and her socials as well while you're at it. See, she's got a few things coming up. Um, apart from that, though, we're finishing on a really, really cool track. Um, Mother's Daughter by... By Little Green. Now, uh, for those of you who remember the other day when I had the pleasure of chatting to Marty Wilson, um, Little Green is actually doing a joint gig up in Sydney at the Lansdowne Hotel this Sunday with uh, Marty Wilson. So, Little Green, Marty, if you're listening, g'day, and I hope you enjoy the show. Um, Must be nice. Yeah, but Marty, but they're doing a joint show because Marty's come out with her album, of course, and Little Green has got an upcoming EP, so it's sort of a bit of a joint launch. For, um, Dude, imagine being able to music. play a gig. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Sydney. I yeah, think, I've, I think I've, like I said, must be must be nice. Must, yeah, getting out, seeing people, yo, bro. Is that what is that what <laughs> is that what New South Wales folks sound like? No, this is just my stupid wog accent. I don't know. It is the default when you've lived boy. around it for such a long time. Boy, what do you think you're doing, boy? Fucking. <laughs> For those of you wondering, Daniel and I are both of uh, Mediterranean descent. Um, I yeah no uh, this this song a uh, bit of a lovely I think it was I'm actually trying to remember what instrument it was like a sax uh, like a fluty saxy sort of thing going on fluty saxy thing um, <laughs> thing you got to put the thing at the end otherwise I've otherwise it's too specific when you go clarinet clarinet fluty saxy clary thingy majig I actually can't remember what it's. <laughs> It was like it was like breathy and whatever. One of those instruments <laughs> could just be an alto sax. I can't. I can't I, yeah, without listening to it again right now, I can't. Give, I can't tell you. Give me, give me some. Lord, give me strength because I forget shit. Lord, give me the strength. Little little green is uh got some big big vocal presence. Just saying. Now I'm pretty sure we both loved this one. It was um, pr- it was probably uh, look. Apparently she self taught. Herself to play flute and sax, so I'm guessing it's one or the other. Yeah, or both. You never know. They could have laid it, but either way, yeah. Again, big respect like, for bro, anyone that self-taught. That produces, they do shit, bro. <laughs> hey. Do one. Of my, one of my best mates is um is dating a chick with uh, cousins that talk a bit like that. Oh and, yes. Um, Are they a concrete? 
They got to be a commentator. <laughs> panel beater, bro. Oh, panel beater. <laughs> I, my, I can't my help myself. Bro. I've, gro- I've grown up around people like this for such a long time. Being Greek, it just oh, it comes as second nature to hang shit. I just can't even. Anyway, the point being, <laughs> little little green mother's daughter, fantastic track. We both loved it heaps, um, and we're really happy to be able to present it on the show. Uh, and I hope you guys listening are just as happy as we are with um, the performance and, and the track itself. It was really, really quite a pleasure to listen to. And a real sort of family affair in terms of the, the lyrics. Took a few listens to sort of get my head around it. And I won't give it too much away, but there's a bit of a, a bit of family family, um, family affairs going on with the lyrics. No, but- you can tell there was a lot that went into it, like a lot of thought, a lot of deliberate kind of... Um, so a lot of deliberation with the lyric writing. Great framing too. I always appreciate a song that has really good framing where they can take several verses, uh, frame, have the similar sort of lyrical structure, but it, uh, each order that you put it in and each you know change that you make to the lyrics brings a sort of different reflection, if that makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Reminds me a lot of Pink Floyd actually. Um, not that this is particularly Floydy kind of song, but yeah, they, they did a lot of that kind of stuff. Floydian, yes. Yeah. They uh, they did they did a lot of that kind of stuff where they would recontextualize something they said earlier in a song. Anyway, I digress. It's a brilliant track. You guys will hear it really soon. We love it. You'll hear it right after Bella Patton with Spacey. Daniel, do you want to send us off? Vass, you know it, son. It has been good fun chatting to you again, as always. Never, never, always. Never a boring day with you. Yes, we never spare a popsicle Nazi in these. No, not at all. In these interviews. <laughs> no, it's good fun. It's good times. Yeah, bro. In true, bro. True. Bro. No, bro. You mold my whole world, bro. Dude, do my forearms look huge, bro? <laughs> oh, bro. So huge. Take up my entire, entire world view. Oh, man. Hey, if, you're, if you've got fuck all to do this week because you're in lockdown, give um, our socials a like on AMR Australia. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're on uh, for Bar Talk, of course, Facebook and YouTube. If give us a sub on whatever podcast player you so choose to play your podcasts on, whatever you're listening on, and give us a review. If said podcast player allows for it, looking at you, Apple Podcasts. Um, but yeah, no, you can make sure you check us out australianmusiciansradio.com forward slash bar hyphen talk or shows.acast.com forward slash bar talk or wherever you get your podcasts. That's yeah, that's that's about it, eh? <laughs> yeah, that kinda that kind of seals the deal. Yeah, boy. I'm good to Always go. Always a pleasure, Daniel. Never a chore. Mwah. Love mm. you heaps, buddy. Yeah, no worries. And I love all of the tracks that we've had this uh this week. Give including them a like. Stevie Jean, thank you so much for the interview. And uh, look forward to getting along to one of your gigs myself very soon. We, we are going to be back next week, I assure you, folks. But uh, right now, it's Bella Patton with Stacey and Little Green with Mother's Daughter right here on Bartok AMR. Good night, folks. Through your window in the afternoon So I can remember how your mind feels When every part of it's preoccupied Know what I mean It's 2am, my lights are on Lighting awake on the job You interrupt those thoughts and times Right next to me And I won't mind You swimming in my life 
australianmusiciansradio.com <laughs>